Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Live Your Personal Best. Today we are joined by Natalie and you are going to love her, love her story. So she had to pivot a million times throughout her career, both as an athlete and afterwards. But what I love is that she didn't quit once while doing this. She pivoted again because of injury and because she wasn't as good as her teammates and because she needed to learn new skills. But every time it was a pivot. And so she really walks us through her story and then also gives advice on how you can learn from your pivots, how you can find a way to make it work and not call it quits. Because I know it's so, so hard when you get to this crossroads and you're like, is this my sign to quit? And this is to tell you it's not. This is not your sign to quit. It's a sign to pivot. So I'm so excited that you get to listen to Natalie and me's conversation today. And if you haven't already, be sure to share this podcast with a friend. Go ahead right now, text the group chat, put it in, talking about this brand new podcast you found, Live Your Personal Best. Let's get your friends on board. Let's have them join the personal besties. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Natalie. Natalie is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's the host of Here For More podcast, certified in plant-based and holistic nutrition, a yoga instructor and surf and yoga wellness retreat host. So it sounds like you have a bunch of titles, but I love Natalie because her whole journey and mission with this is to help people recognize that they're more than just the titles on their resume. And so I'm so excited to go into that today. Thanks for joining us, Natalie. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about your background, uh, especially with being an athlete before. What was that whole thing like? Absolutely. So I was a gymnast growing up. Gymnastics was my thing and uh, I loved it. I That was like my goal when I was little. I would look at the girls in the sparkly leotards or rather the women in the sparkly leotards doing these amazing skills. And I really wanted to be uh, that person. And, and then I was. And so I was a competitive gymnast for maybe six years. And then I ended up, so I really, I had dreams of doing bigger things, you know, not like Olympics, but maybe college gymnastics and gymnastics is a very intense sport, a lot of hours a week, long, long practices. And I was burning out and I was also getting a lot of mental blocks around it. And so I ended up switching to high school gymnastics, which is not a thing that every high school has, but I was very grateful minded, but that is not a track for if you want to do college gymnastics, like that's pretty much saying goodbye to that. So by the time it came around to, to college, um, I ended up trying out for a school's cheerleading team 
did not make the team. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I had all this gymnastics and tumbling background, but I didn't have like the dance and the stunting. So I got cut, but one of the girls at the tryout came up to me and said, Hey, have you heard of acrobatics and tumbling? Uh, I think you'd be really good for that. And I had never heard of it. I, I looked it up that, that night as I was, you know, crying, leaving this tryout that I got cut from. And I was like, these girls look like they're wearing volleyball uniforms. Like, what is this? So Long story short, I ended up looking more into it, became super fascinated with just, it's essentially a combination of competitive cheerleading and gymnastics meshed into one sport. And I emailed the coach. She was like, oh, we're all filled up for this year, but send me some videos. And I ended up walking on uh, my freshman year and then four years uh, as a competitive D1 acrobatics and tumbling athlete at the university of Oregon. So it was not the, at all how I planned it, but it was incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I know that we were talking beforehand. I was like, I didn't even know this was a sport. So I was wondering, you know, kind of how long you were training for that, but that's so interesting that, you know, you like just kept pivoting from different sports. And then I know that, you know, even your time in college, it wasn't like, okay, then you made the team and it was like great from there. Like you dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, so can you kind of talk to us what that going through all that was like? Yeah, I was really blessed to not have any major injuries growing up in gymnastics, but I got to college and there was a lot that was different in the sport, you know? So I, for one, I was tumbling now on a hard floor with shoes on rather than a spring floor barefoot. And so I was doing, you know, really well for being a freshman, totally new to the sport. And then it was in January of my freshman year that I tore my ACL for the first time for the first time, (laughs) didn't know it was an ACL tear, kept tumbling actually. And then, uh, yeah, it didn't go well. And so I ended up having full knee reconstruction about a year later, same skill, same thing. I tore it again, which it wasn't like a faulty surgery or anything. It was just me pushing myself probably too hard, you know, same, same issues with sports. And so I tore it again, partially and had meniscus tear as well. And, uh, had some minor surgery, ended up, it was just really a fight this whole time of like, how can I make this work? And so come my, the next year, (laughs) year three, I ended up like, it was a partially torn ACL and tore it a little bit more, knew I was going to need surgery again. And at this point, you know, the trainers were just like, you know, I remember one of them, you know, she's a mother and she looked at me and she was like, Natalie, I have little kids. I want them to be able to run around when they're older. Do you want kids? Do you want to be able to run around with your kids when you're older? Like you need to be smart here. And so I I was like, you're right. You know, I'm not just going to let it go to my head and say like, no, I'll push through. But also I believe that there's a way that I can still do this sport somehow. And uh, so despite my massive knee brace, you know, (laughs) and, and all of this, I ended up being able to come back and compete in some of my sport, which I think is even more significant because my first two years, I wasn't able to compete at all because of injury. So like two years on the bench, you know, and not just injured, like fighting through injury and then trying to come back. But like other girls were just, you know, had it like were better than me, you know? And, uh, so I, I got to compete my junior and senior year in, not in the way I thought I would, but like, it was incredible. And it was just a real Testament to, you know, you're stronger than you think. And there's really always a way. Yeah, no, it's crazy that you're still able to compete, you know, after year after year of like trying to rehab 
these injuries. And I really liked what you said too, of like, you know, it almost felt like you're like fighting through it and just like trying to fight the sport. Was there ever a time when you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is like the end for me, you know, like I'm now done with sports or was some part of you always motivated to keep going? Some part of me was really always motivated. Like I, you know, kind of how I was talking about my path of like wanting to be a college athlete and, and kind of having to give that up. And, and then the fact that I got a shot as a college athlete, I was like, no way that could just be it. Like I'm here, I'm on this team, I'm working my butt off, you know, there has to be a way. And so our sport, you know, has a lot of tumbling and twisting and, and high impact, but it also has a lot of uh, strength position, so to speak. So handstands and, you know, like one girl holding the other girl on top of her in some way. And so I was good at handstands from being a gymnast. And I was like, no, there was never a, a part where, where I thought this is the end. I just looked at that and I was like, I could get really good at this. And then I can do something that no one else on my team could do. And basically, I don't know if you know what a press handstand is, but you sit on the ground and you put your hands on the ground and then you lift your whole body up into a handstand from seated. And no one else on my team could do that. And I was like, if I can get really good at this, that's going to prove something. And that was like the only thing my trainers would let me work on. And so, so it just, it felt so like, oh, you know, here's this roadblock, but here's also this opportunity. And I, I never felt like I had to quit, even though I wasn't allowed to do the, like the high impact twisting anymore. I was just like, there's another way. Yeah. Like you weren't able to compete with all these other moves, but you're like, here's this one specific one that I can get good at. And also no one else is really trying to compete for this one move either. So that's awesome that you were able to, as you said, like find that opportunity where you could excel in it still. Yeah, absolutely. And I, this is so random, but uh, my husband had on his phone, the, a little like recap of one of our competitions being on like the PAC 12 network. And the other day it randomly popped up. I was like, what are you watching? And he was like, oh, I'm watching you. And it was this highlight from our, comp- one of these competitions, my senior year. And I was doing this maneuver and Samantha Pezik, who is, you know, was a world-class gymnast and now works for PAC 12. She was announcing or commentating the competition competition. And she like in this little snippet on pack 12 was like, this was my highlight of the whole competition, Natalie James in this pyramid and look at her, hold the handstand and like hearing that and seeing me on screen, it was just so affirming, you know, and it's like, you don't need someone else to, to affirm you, but it was such like this moment of, oh my gosh, look at, I did that. I was able to get to that point. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's so rewarding at the end of like, yes, I fought through three times tearing my ACL and I fought through all of those surgeries that I had, but I was still able to, you know, come out at the end of the day and compete, which is what you're training for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And so then when, you know, you did have to retire, you graduated, moved on all of that. I know that you do yoga and retreats now. Was that a pretty quick transition to you found your next passion or how did you go from being passionate about one thing to now finding the next? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I actually started doing some yoga while I was still a competitive athlete. My mom would take me, she kind of got into yoga and I really didn't like it at first. It was slow and I would get bored and, and the posture sometimes just felt, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I standing like with my arms out and my legs like this? Like it's not doing anything, you know? And as I got older and as I felt the demands of, you know, of life, but also of athletics a lot more, I started to appreciate yoga for this like time to slow down 
And like, maybe this, this posture is literally just to get you to slow down and not do anything. And I started to really gain an appreciation for it. And so I started to adopt it as my own yoga practice. And especially once I graduated from college, you know, it was like something that I just picked up more and more. And, um, I went on to coach my sport for a year as well at another college. And it was something that like, while I couldn't be on the mat anymore, you know, I was on the other end of it. It was something that then I could go do though, and still feel like my own athletic sport kind of, if that makes sense. So yeah, I was like, well, I, I do this practice and I love it and I know how to coach sports. And so why not just uh, do my yoga teacher training and, and see where it goes from there? So it was a fairly quick transition, but I'd already had some background in it and, uh, and yeah, I still love it today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like that's a very common transition of like athletes then becoming coaches. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, being a yoga instructor is kind of being a coach in a way and something very similar. So you started doing the yoga and now you have your here for more. Can you talk to us about what that means? Like what is here for more? Yeah, here for more started as a blog, actually, when my husband and I, we wanted to break out of our shell. We, we, we had just gotten married and we were like, okay, what's next? Like, let's, let's get out of here. So we wanted to build a van and go travel around, you know, the country and do van life. I know that's so um, trendy these days, but it was something that we really wanted to do. That was in 2019. And I was like, well, I'm going to need a way to make money from the road. And so I started Googling like ways to do that. And someone said a blog. So I was like, okay, I'll start a blog. And so the name just really happened by accident. I just really, ever since high school, you know, and you, people ask you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you get like these intake form or interest forms for college and all these different majors and potential career paths. And none of them fit. Nothing felt like the right they just, nothing, everything was just kind of like mundane. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I could do that. It doesn't sound that great, but like, I'd probably be good at it. But with that, I was like, there has to be more than this. Like, it's not just these 20 options and that's it. You know, there's gotta be more. And then even beyond that, like once you do find something you like, whether it's yoga teacher or podcaster, like there's still so much more than that. You don't just have to be that. And then, and then that's it. You know, you can change. You're also you're also a surfer and, uh, you know, whatever hobbies you do. And so here for more was kind of that concept of like, whatever it is, you're here for more, more could be like more rest. You need more rest in your life. More could be like more vegetables. You need to eat healthier, but just like that. We are not one thing. We're not just that title on our resume or the boxes society gives us to check off on all the different forms, you know, and that's how that was born. And it ended up evolving into a podcast as I learned that uh, speaking was uh, more fun for me than writing. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I love that because, you know, it's something that I've kind of felt in my life too, but it's, I only found that after I tried to keep like adding more and more things in that I'm like, okay, maybe once I get like the higher title, then I'll feel more. <laughs> or yeah. once I get, you know, like the gold medal, then I'll feel more. And, you know, especially from being an athlete, so much of our worth is in the fact that we're an athlete is in the outcomes and like all of our records and things. So that's, I feel like almost like a 180 from the environment that athletics is. Yeah. It totally is. Cause athletics really does have like, here's, 
here's how you measure if you're good. And here's how you measure if you're not that good. And it is so can be so black and white. And, and even with, you know, like, let's bring it full circle back to my time as an athlete for acrobatics and tumbling, like at that stage, they would have told me like, no, you're not one of the better athletes because you can't do half the sport. And I was like, nope, it's not black and white. There's more than this that meets the eye. And I, you know, was able to excel. And so, yeah, it really does. I have to be cautious too, you know, because here for more doesn't mean necessarily like you have to put all these things on your plate and overwhelm yourself. Right. Um, but it's just that if you are feeling unsettled, like that that's okay. Like there's more for you. You're not just this. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people that might be listening to this? And they're like, wow, I would love to start, you know, like living like that and how they can start kind of changing their mindset into their more than just their identity or like what they do. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. And there's so many ways to answer it. Um, you know, I think it just starts with, we have all these steps that the world tells us to take, you know, go to high school, go to college, get this job or whatever. And as an athlete, you have all these different checkpoints that you're supposed to meet. And it's like, when you peel all that back, when you just take everything away, what is still important to you and why is it important? Like, if you want to have that job, great. If you want to get that gold medal or break that record, like, great. But why, why does it matter? You know, is it for the notoriety? And that's okay too. If like, you just want, like, if you want to be on the cover of a mag, that's great too. But you have to be clear why you want it. And then you can start to break out of the shell of what you don't want. Like, okay. So you don't want to be in an, in an office 40 hours a week. Like, great. You probably don't have to be, but maybe you've just never allowed yourself to see that there could be another option, you know, in your sport, you could think like, oh, I'm just not excelling in this position, but maybe you could excel in another position or even a whole nother sport. So I think that's how you start to do it is getting more in touch with yourself and it's uncomfortable sometimes and it's weird. And it's kind of even that like yoga being still sometimes yoga can be very fast and intense too, but like going inward and spending some time with yourself and without external uh, stimulus stimulation and other people's opinions, like go inward. And what do you really want? And you have to try things to actually figure out sometimes what you want. Like if you're kind of curious about yoga, like go try it, give it a chance, you know, and then make your, your decision, you know, but, um, yeah, I it's, it's, I'm sure it's different for everyone, you know, but I know that's how I kind of started to navigate. It was just like realizing this, this isn't working for me. You know, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling so unhappy, unexcited by all these different college majors and jobs. Like I see other people getting lit up about becoming a teacher or a doctor or something and just I don't feel that way. So then there has to be something else. It's not like I'm broken, you know? So just keep looking for it. Keep seeing like what excites you. Yeah. I love that. It's like making sure that what you're doing isn't because it's what someone else told you, but it is something that lights you up or you know why you're doing it. Like there's no wrong reason to do it, but like, at least you know why. And then that can point you in a clearer direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause what I love about your story too, is like, you've literally been living it for years, like with being that athlete in college. You know, I think that's a really interesting story about the fact that you still competed, even though the majority of things like you couldn't do anymore in acrobatics and tumbling, but you could still do that one thing. And when you're able to focus, you're like, okay, like what matters more to me? Like being like, 
as good as I was before the injury or is it just competing? Is it just like getting in that lineup and doing what I can do? And you made that decision for yourself where I think a lot of people would probably choose the later and be like, well, that's it. Like I'm done. Yeah. And a lot of teammates too. It, obviously it's different when you're like in the position, but my teammates would be like, why do you keep doing this? You know? And, and we're worried about you. Like, be careful over there. Uh, but it just, it's almost like in whether you're in just anywhere in life, you kind of find like your niche, you know, you don't have to be a business owner to have a niche. It's like wherever you kind of fit into and what you're passionate about. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, I, it would be cool to do all this stuff, but could I focus on this one thing and really excel at it? And yeah, so no right or wrong, but there's, I think always a way, always an option. I love that. And then I did want to briefly mention, because I feel like, you know, I couldn't talk to you without bringing this up, but like now you're into, you know, being plant-based and very eco-friendly, environmentally friendly. How did you shift into that? And how did you kind of start to explore that from like, you know, this here for more? aspect. Yeah. Okay. So my, uh, where to begin my husband majored in environmental science. And so along with kind of being raised in a community that we are, are where I live, I live in Encinitas, California currently, it is a very conscious eco-conscious community. And so that's always kind of been instilled in me, like, Oh, you should recycle and you should pick up your trash. And, and then, you know, actually my sister, she loves watching YouTube videos and has people that she follows. And she was following a few people who were vegan. And all of a sudden one day, you know, with our family, we were talking about dinner, what we were going to eat for dinner that night. And she was like, I don't think I'm going to have any meat. I was like, why? And she started kind of talking about it, but just very subtly, not like, you know, we're just like, oh, I just, you know, I don't think I need it. And I was like, why? you know, I've been a college athlete. Like I know what healthy is. I know how to fuel my body. And, and so I was very frustrated actually, because the things she was saying contradicted a lot of the things that I believed and I didn't start to accept it right away, but it was something that definitely sparked my interest. And so as I learned more about the environmental impact of, uh, how we eat and, you know, the animals like welfare. And then as I started learning about health as well, it was all the, these like three really big themes of environment, animals, and health. Uh, I just started learning about it and I couldn't unlearn it. And my husband kind of jumped on that train as well, having majored in environmental science. So, you know, it, it was something that just all of a sudden was there and we couldn't look away. And it became more and more part of our lives. And now uh, we've been fully plant-based for about three years. And a lot of our family is either fully plant-based or they're eating more that way. And we've just learned so much. And along with the impacts it has on the environment, it's like, it's, it's the way that works best for us. And uh, it's been a real big life, you know, life changer. Yeah. That's so interesting with what you said at the beginning too, of like, you always got defensive and like angry because it was the opposite of what you had been doing. And I think that's true with so many things. It's like, you know, if you've been doing one thing the same way for so long, you're like, okay, this is always right. Or this is always how I'll do it. And it's kind of like, actually, no, we can be open to change and kind of open to what else is out there. It goes, it's like everything we're talking about today. You know, it's like, it doesn't have to be this one way to get you where you want to be. So ultimately 
you know, what were some of my core values or my goals in life, you know, there to help the planet in any way I can there to be as healthy as I can possibly be. So once I started learning that, oh, this might be a way to do that, I couldn't just push it to the side and say no, you know, cause it was uncomfortable because it was different. It, it was something I had to look into, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that's with everything, just being like open to potentially a different option. It might not look like what you wanted it to look like, but it could be better. I love that. And I love how you mentioned core values, right? Because if a core value for you is health, then yeah, that could look like the nutrition, the plant-based, that could look like the yoga, the meditating. It could look like a lot of things because a core value isn't like a way that you eat necessarily or, oh, to work out is my core value. No, the core value is health. Um, so I think that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. And that comes back to why are you doing it? You know, why is this a value to you? And that's going to help you with anything like stick to a goal or stick to something that you start down, you know, uh, start down the path on, like you come back to why you're doing it. And the second that you're, that why is not important to you anymore. Like maybe that's your sign that it's time to kind of pivot. Yeah. Well, I love this. I love this whole conversation. Is there one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave everyone with? Oh, just kind of what we've already talked about, but you know, there's, there's no life manual. (laughs) There's no syllabus. There's no uh, scorecard. So you get to do it however you want to do it. And it doesn't have to make sense to other people. It doesn't, it doesn't even really have to make sense at first to you. Why <laughs> You could have that longing to go do something or go see something or make a change. Uh, but, you know, if you can just keep coming back to why it's valuable to you and what you think it's going to add to your life, like that is all that matters and you can figure out the rest. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can everyone find out more about you, follow you, all of that? Yeah. So Instagram is where I'm usually hanging out. My handle is at Natalie J. Krause. And let's see here. My podcast is here for more podcast. So my website for that is just here for more podcast.com, but it's also available on Spotify, Apple, wherever you, wherever you get your shows. And then swell soul retreats is where you can find my husband and I's upcoming surf and yoga wellness retreat. That's, you know, swell like the ocean, like the swell and then soul like S O L, you know, sun and then retreats. So that's where you can find me. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at live your personal best. Come say hi, come say what's up. I would love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. Thanks and see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.